Hey everybody, welcome back to Zevo Talks. I'm John Paul Hughes. I'm a health coach and content strategist here at Zevo Health. And today on this podcast, we're going to be looking ahead at 2021. We want to start looking at some of the trends that we're seeing and we're predicting to see in 2021. Um, this is based off the year of craziness that we've had in 2020. So today, for this experience, I've brought in Anne Gleason. Anne is a qualified humanistic and integrative psychotherapist. Welcome to the podcast, Anne. Well, uh, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Brilliant. So what I wanted to start off on is kind of setting the foundation for everyone. So overall, what does the past year look like? What are some of the challenges that a lot of individuals and organizations have seen in regards to wellness? And is this going to carry on through into 2021 and even beyond? As you're aware and as I'm aware, as everybody is aware of, it's been an interesting year. Let's put it that way. And (laughs) that's putting it mildly. But uh, I think that there's something to be said for the different types of emotional impacts that we're getting over the year. And just to start with that, I think that there's something in... The experience of being met with such uh, a, a certain kind of messaging on a consistent basis. So let's say if we think back to last week, which was March, which it feels like for me, uh, we think back to um, the immediacy of the, the the effects and the impact of the mm. pandemic and the kind of immediate knock-on effect that it's had in our lives in in lots of different ways, including from a workplace perspective. So there's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of having to adapt very quickly. And there's been a lot of a normalization of very, uh, very scary, very frightening kinds of uh, messaging and Mm. information and stuff like that. So if you think about how we kind of survive as humans, there's a, a number of ways that we survive, but one of them is by making sense of things that are overwhelming. So normalizing things quickly. It's how we're not overwhelmed by things it's how we get from day to day so this is part of who we are Mm. so if you can imagine um the effect of being uh like waking up in the morning turning on the radio turning on the telly and seeing all of these uh very frightening statistics very frightening uh pieces of information and having to look at that not just every day but all day every day Mm. so we've normalized so much but while we, uh, from a rational point of view, we've normalized all of these kind of messages about all the kind of tragic figures of people passing away and people getting sick and the effect that it's having on everybody's lives and instructions on uh, what to do to, to stay away from people, to stay home, to wear masks, to use hand sanitizers. It's all very overwhelming. So we normalize in order to get through the day. But while we normalize these things from a rational perspective, the emotional impact is something mm. that we, we a, don't take into account on a conscious level, but mm. we do uh, experience from a day-to-day basis. So that, uh, that kind of causes high levels of stress, high levels of anxiety, high levels of fear, but it's not something that we're necessarily clued into. Mm. That makes sense. So if you've ever had that experience yourself where you have a 
certain a certain day you're going through a particular day and nothing from a, a kind of a, a tangible or conscious point of view has happened but you still feel absolutely exhausted take into account that even though we have normalized so many things we're still living in the midst of a global pandemic and we're still yeah. holding down a job in the midst of a global pandemic we're we're dealing with so much change within that job if we uh, if we ha have to work from home you know and also there are many people that are wearing different hats from day to day so be it uh be it taking all of your meetings and, and working through the day in the corner of your bedroom or the corner of your sitting room or whatever it is and then racing out and trying to pick up the kids and maybe you've done some homeschooling or maybe you have to get the dinner on and everything like that. So there's yeah. so much pressure on everybody, but it's pressure that uh, we, we don't really um, recognize for, uh, for that point that I've made around kind of normalizing things in order to cope, but also mm -hmm. there's definitely a, a collective feeling of, Asher, oh, sure, I can't be given out because everybody is in the same boat. You know, that yeah. kind of a way. So like mm -hmm. I often find in my own work, let's say people would come in with very real, very valid anxieties and fears and really complex emotional experiences. But they kind of cut themselves off at the pass and say, yeah. oh, I can't be given out because I have a job or I can't be given out because it's happening to everybody. Whereas they're not allowing themselves to process that difficulty or process that pain you know and I, I heard it being put beautifully by somebody uh the other day when they said that uh you know when people say that we're all in the same boat it's not that we're on the same boat is that we're all in different boats but it's the same storm yeah. you know that kind of way so For like sure. yeah. yeah so whatever your situation you are dealing with suffering and difficulties and pain and uh, it might look different to the next person but it's no less valid yeah and it's no less real and and say you know we're getting some more positive news at the moment depending when you're listening on this podcast things like vaccines and things like that and I think mm. a lot of people are hoping that there's a slow transition now back to somewhat more normality it's never going to be the exact same where we left it from but are these these almost scars from that hit on emotional well-being how long do you take them into you know next year the year after are, are they something you can suddenly get over once things start to return to normal or is it something that we need to be addressing going forward even if things do return back to somewhat more normality mm, yeah i think it'll take a while because with any kind of stressful experience or with any kind of uh, trauma or suffering, you have to allow for a the process, like you have to process what your experience has been. And also, you know yourself with any kind of emotional experience, you don't just switch back to normal overnight because certain things have been resolved or certain things have been changed or rectified. There's always something uh, what uh, I would call the residual effect. So kind of allowing yourself to come to terms with a new change. And again, this will be a new transition. So there will be a lot of people that ha are in a position where they're finally finding their feet in certain parts of their lives. Yeah. And now it's all change again. And I think that when you look at that kind of 
when you look at that process, you have to bear in mind that there's something around uncertainty. There's something mm-hmm. that is very stressful, of course, and something that is very uh, disconcerting around mm-hmm. not a not having control of a situation and be just kind of walking on eggshells as yeah. such. So for the last year, there's been so much uncertainty that we often find ourselves getting into a situation whereby we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, when they're, when they're so over and back and there's different messaging and, you know, timelines for lockdowns are changing and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if while there is a, a, probably a sense of hope around yeah. things coming back to quote unquote normal, we will have to kind of address that uh, emotional impact of the long term effect of uncertainty yeah. as well. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of people might have found that they were putting pressure on themselves to get into a new routine when they were working from home and when they were uh, restricted with regard to distance and stuff and stuff like that. And that's mm. something that we will have to be mindful of is that pressure on ourselves and those expectations for yeah. ourselves going forward. Well, I, I think that brings up a really important topic and it's that idea of pressure and the, the external pressures that have, uh, we've been faced with during this kind of remote working phase. And even if we do transfer over to maybe, you know, some kind of mesh or remote first structure, this idea of the pressure of things like productivity and the pressure mm. to be, you know, constantly productive at home. Mm. And yet we have all these challenges that you've already brought up. You know, you might be a parent, you might need to, you know, cook, put the dinners on and all these external pressures. Like how can, how can individuals manage that pressure to be productive among other things? Mm, yeah. Well, I think that productivity piece is a major thing that has shown itself within this process of living in lockdown and living in COVID and stuff like that. And I know if you were to take a glance at uh, social media, you'd see you would have seen people from the start. I, I don't know. Did you bake banana bread? I know I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. No, I certainly not. <laughs> I barely, I, I barely went through the, uh, went near the cooker. I think I threw a few slices of bread at the toaster, and yeah, that was and it. Sourdough and, and the rest of it, yeah. All that jazz, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's just interesting that kind of trend or that kind of nuance of culture that has uh, shown itself at the start, and and all the way through uh, the kind of COVID times and stuff like that, and. Mm. It's, it's, it's interesting what it means. I think on the surface, there can be a nice feeling to it where there is a kind of a connection of the kind of zeitgeist of, of what it means to be living in a COVID world. Yeah. But definitely, if you were to kind of break it down a little bit and to look at the impact of what these kind of um, messages mean, let's say, if, you, if, if people are putting stuff online saying that they're working on their side hustle or that they're yeah. flat out like from morning to night making banana bread or Guinness bread or whatever kind of bread you're having yourself or that they're saying that they're going to come out of this this lockdown with uh, ha- after losing the COVID curve and all that kind of stuff whereas yeah. if you think about it what are you actually doing in this situation 
you're li- I, and, and I know I'm repeating myself, but we are living through a global pandemic. Mm. We are in survival mode. We are on high alert because of all of those experiences of stress and anxiety and of uncertainty and stuff like that. So we're doing that. That's uh, the kind of base level, right? Yeah. On top of that, we're working in, it can be the same job. It's a very different process, you know, and you're, you're, you're doing it while maybe the kids are roaring at you or maybe your partner is roaring at you to get them a glass of milk or a glass of water or whatever it is. Uh, and, and you're trying to adhere to uh, previous kinds of deadlines and priorities yeah. and responsibilities that would have been in place when you are perhaps in more of a kind of a, a, a setting that's geared more to the work that you have. Mm-hmm. You're doing all this. And then imagine on top of that, you're being told, okay, you have to do more. You have to show something for your day or else it's been a wasted day. You have to prove that you've used every single bit of time that you have in the day because you're working from home or because you're in lockdown. You're not on holidays. You Mm. still have all of these responsibilities and you're juggling them and many more on top of that. So you can imagine that pressure that that's putting on people to try and have all of these things done, to have the the, the, the side hustler, to have the brain, yeah. to have whatever it is at the end of the day. And that's really problematic in itself because it's saying that you, uh, you're, you've wasted your time and that you've done nothing for it if you can't show it to the internet that you have yeah. it done. And there can be many people that dealing with a kind of an in, internal struggle whereby they, for whatever reason, it could be influenced from their caregivers, from their home environment. It could be influenced from their school days that you have to prove that you are worth something by the things that you produce or that your, uh, your output or your achievements. Whereas in, in reality, you have full worth and full value as a human being from the start. That's the given. That's the jump off point. But there mm-hmm. are people that, that struggle with that connection because for many reasons they have developed that that kind of connection in their mind that they need mm-hmm. to have something to show but to remember that productivity itself it's it's not a consistent thing right we have to remember that we're human and that our kind of emotional experience comes in waves our energy levels come in waves our moods come in waves that's fine that's part of being human. So if you feel like you have done certain things throughout the day on a particular day, all well and good. If some days what you've had to do is do your best and get through the day and, 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 and do it without having tangible or like social media worthy things to post about, that's fine too. It, it, It all comes in waves. So you have to allow yourself that, process as well and and not to kind of use it as a stick to beat yourself with to 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 feel like you're lazy or anything like that and i think i think you know there's something as well in the setting that we're in so we're working from home so let's say i'm sitting here talking to you sitting on my couch now normally in my my pre-covid days this is my (laughs) this is my relaxy time this is my like (laughs) chill out mode right on the couch but now uh, I'm sitting on the couch or I'm sitting at the table and I'm working away. But 
there can be something in the the kind of the psychological cues that we have. So it would maybe mean to some people that because you're at home, you're in your own personal time off mode, but yeah. really you're not. You still have stuff to do and you're working away. So you might feel, God, why am I? so tired when I feel like I've done nothing and I've sat on the couch all day, but you haven't done nothing and sat on the couch all day. You've yeah. been working away and you've been trying to figure um, different things out throughout the day. All the while, again, sound like a broken record, but all the while living and working through a global pandemic. Yeah. So I, I think we need to kind of be realistic about that as well. Mm. And I, I think a lot of us have this idea of, Uh, imposter syndrome or being found out Mm. or uh, having that sense of because they're working from home that they can relax or they can be in their uh, pajama bottoms Mm. or their slippers or whatever but but still you're doing a job and still you're interacting and you're engaging with people and you have deadlines to meet so it is exhausting you know so we have to kind of marry that kind of what would seem like conflicting experiences I suppose yeah. And then maybe on, on the flip side of the coin, from a managerial standpoint, I'm sure they feel the pressure as well for their staff to be productive. Mm. And is that conducive maybe to managers being a little bit more micromanagey and putting that additional pressure on their employees just because they can't visually see them throughout the day working at their desk, doing things? So mm. is there that extra pressure for managers just to be always keeping an eye directly messaging what are you up to today having more meetings having just trying to have more control is that an extra pressure that managers are often putting on their staff Mm, yeah I think it can be because I think Mm. that communication has changed so much and connection has changed so much so the like the ease of standing up at your desk and now I would never do this and I know you wouldn't either but shouting across (laughs) an office (laughs) and somebody hey can you pass me over that joke there but but the ease of that is now gone and there are so many barriers now of communication so it it could easily feel intrusive if you're on the receiving end of Mm. lots of messages around uh, are you doing this have you got this done can you can you do this or whatever whereas in a workplace setting uh, ideally like a manager could just look up and see that something is happening or perhaps they'd have like a, a shared document or something like that. that They could kind of keep an eye on things without having to be very yeah. kind of consciously um, uh, inquisitive or observing what's happening. There's more of an ease of that, but yeah, definitely because there's so many more hurdles to jump yeah. with regard to connecting with people it may have that sense of, of, of being intrusive as well. So you kind of have to find the, the happy medium with mm. that as well. And I think that um, something within this process of figuring out new ways of communicating is A, acknowledgement of the situation and B, transparency all the way. And having those open conversations about yeah. how are you feeling? Next question, how are you really feeling? You know, because we uh, we fobbed that Asher, not too bad. Asher, grand, yeah, no complaints. Yeah, sure. What have I got yeah. to be given out about? Blah, blah, blah. But getting to the nitty gritty of what your own specific individual struggle is like, and it can be a struggle at times. You know, you might find there are certain parts of it that work for you and that you enjoy. That's grand. But to actually connect on a very human level 
from a, a kind of from a managerial point of view, it's excellent to get an idea as to what life is like because we're all learning at the moment. We we don't mm. have a clue. This is uh, we, you know the usual crack of no precedence for this situation and the new normal and all this kind of stuff. But we have to be open to learning and we have to be open to hearing from somebody and and let them be their authentic self as to what their experiences like and gather that take that information mm. forward and work with it do mm. you know what I mean for sure yeah and and I think then that brings up an, another challenge that that a lot of people are facing and it's probably around that social connection piece and that loneliness mm. piece and before the office was such a hub for social connection and friends and, and you just had that daily disconnect from home and, and you were in this other bubble of, of people that you could talk to. Mm. And now with remote working and even going forward, because we want to be keeping an eye on remote first working, you know, um, mm. what a, talk a little bit about that challenge that people are having and, and possibly some ways that, you know, we can address it somewhat. Mm. Yeah, um, I think that. It's definitely uh, a challenge because we, uh, like I say, the, the, the ease of connection and the ease of communication that we would have had in an office setting, like we absolutely took that for granted. I'm not saying that is a bad thing, but I'm saying that it was just such a wonderful part of our everyday that yeah. you you would be bound to get used to it. And there's something very disconcerting around having uh, having a suggestion of connection or having a hint of connection through something like a video call or something like that, that makes us think that we're connected with people, but then the call suddenly ends and we're sitting uh, in a quiet room <laughs> with a dark yeah. screen going, what just happened? <laughs> you know, <laughs> So uh, making sense of that for ourselves over the course of the last number of, one, of months is so difficult because, like I say, there is that sense, there is that suggestion of connection, but it doesn't quite feel the same. Mm. And often when we can't place the, the, the changes in something or we can't place why something has left us feel a little bit lacking, it can be quite unnerving and... It's, it's, it's something that we carry, but we don't properly process because we don't fully understand it. So, I mean, it's a tricky one to look at because of the fact that because uh, for safety reasons and uh, to adhere to government guidelines and for, for the purposes of what's in place over the last number of months with COVID, mm. there's nothing you can really do about it. Now, mm. uh, I don't like saying that because it's very like deal with it, you know, but it's, it's not about that. It's about, okay, this feels different. Is that okay? If I allow myself to acknowledge that this feels different, uh, bring mm -hmm. it out into a group. This is very strange that we're all talking on this and not trying to like, uh, I would have spoken earlier on about nor normalizing things very quickly, not feeling like you have to normalize these things not feeling like you have to be okay with them mm. to know that while it is a temporary structure in place, it's not as good as the real thing. And mm. fingers crossed, hopefully when all the, uh, all the vaccine trucks come in, <laughs> we'll, we'll be flying, we'll be laughing. So we will, but um, yeah, it's, it's such a difficult one to, to try and manage 
because there's it's the importance to it hasn't it i think that's mm. that's probably the main thing we see the importance of that social connection and even just recognizing mm. that it's important mm. and that you know hopefully we'll be getting back to do it you know appreciating mm. it a little bit more is important i mm. guess is there like if the if companies are doing that remote first model and say they you know a company might decide a year down the line okay we're going to do remote first three days a week and maybe in the office one to two days a week mm. like should they be trying to actively support social connection and and, and uh, any kind of communication additionally to what they normally be doing should they be having extra meetings where we say hey we're not going to do this business related we're going to be talking about something else or is there additional things that a manager or an organization can do and say okay look we know this is an issue we we see it as an issue is there anything at all that we could maybe add into our weekly schedule or 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 even trainings that we could do with our managers emotional intelligence anything like that just that we not only acknowledge it, but we, is there something that they're proactively can be doing next year? Mm, yeah, I, I think absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head with regard to uh, bringing in a space that is not just work related, knowing mm. that as, as humans, we're social animals, we thrive on this and there is a, a real loss and a, and a certain particular type of grief that we've been dealing with over time because of that lack of connection. So definitely introducing more ways of connecting and sure. definitely introducing ways that where you can take the work hat off and you can relax a little bit and you don't have to go into a situation braced because you're already bracing yourself for the the strangeness or the strange experience of connecting through a screen while having to deliver whatever kind of work related tasks you have so so i think little and often is the key mm. We talk about having um, particular types of like video fatigue and stuff like that. So obviously uh, from, uh, this is anecdotal, but from experiences, long periods of time on the screen, obviously not good for the old eyes, but uh, it's not good for that connection either because it it tends to take a different kind of um, energy out of you. So I think little and often and providing those spaces where it's not, work related and you know what as well I think that there is something around the the experience of people retreating a little bit when they do find that they have that fatigue from the screens and going into their own little bubble a little bit more and more and more over time so there 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 will need to be allowances made for getting back into the routine of connecting with others and getting back into the routine of being sociable I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I've forgotten how to talk to people sometimes, which is bad because I'm a psychotherapist. <laughs> but talk therapy is literally what I do for a living. But um, I think that but there's something around not having that ease of the, the chat, you know, yeah. and it's because we're out of practice as well. So perhaps uh, specific trainings around around connection, around different kinds of communication, and also around self-compassion as well and kindness and showing that level of kindness towards yourself around dealing with changes, including the changes around being able to connect with people and then coming back or or starting to come back into the quote-unquote old way of doing things. But really, again, transparency is 
a major thing in all of this as well, finding out what the what, what people want, finding out what they're lacking in, finding out what they're finding dif- difficult within the situation and taking all of that information and using that. But mm. baby steps all the way, you know, sure. no, no rushing. OK, so last question I have for you, mm. and I guess it is a difficult one because I know every organization is different. Every company and every team is different. But mm. is there any kind of big picture or mindset changes or, or things you'd like to get across to, to organizations or teams that they can take forward into 2021 and say, okay, look, I know this is a challenge and this is something I need to be aware of for my team. Is there anything like big takeaways that you can give to, to companies or organizations or teams? I think a major one would be acknowledgement of yeah. something that has had such an, a sustained effect on people, bearing that in mind with regard to how their perhaps working day is structured or the kind of pressure that is on them, bearing in mind that we're human, you know, and that we're, we're carrying all of this stuff and it needs to, to um, be taken into account as well. And I, I think as well, what this year has shown us from, from a working point of view is that, there is, there's goodness to be found in flexibility. Do you know what I mean? And while that I think is something that is going to be important going forward, because we can, we can stick our head in the sand and pretend we don't know what's happening and try and keep things as they were. Uh, This, this old um, saying of we've always done things like this, but, but really keeping a, a sense of open mindedness with regard to how things are put together. Do you know that kind of a way? And communication as well, whether that is uh, creating kind of pockets of communication with staff or whether that is leaving a clear channel of what life is really like. Like I say, yeah. how, how are you feeling? How are you really feeling? Yeah, you know, sure. you, using all that information going forward. Uh, and just to know that Nothing is without context as well. So everybody is dealing with so much in their lives that mm. it, oh, that full context, that bigger picture needs to be taken into account going forward. And I guess with regard to productivity and with regard to how we shape our day and how we structure our day, this year has shown us that there are certain things that work for people and there are certain things that don't work for people. So it's figuring out on perhaps on an individual level what situation can be created for somebody so that they feel like they're getting the best out of their day and they feel like they're getting satisfaction from their day and knowing that that it's not a one size fits all. And we know that for sure now. So Mm -hmm. bearing that in mind and having those kind of tailored conversations and, and, and using that open mindedness and bringing in that flexibility around that process and around that structure as well mm. that's brilliant Anne. and i think a lot of a lot of people are going to take a lot from that and, and be able to just have a little bit of a mindset shift you know mm. for me the two things that stand out from what you've been saying is just i think that transparency uh, angle is really important mm. and then just a little bit of compassion and kindness you know towards towards individuals different needs and and different stresses in their life you know so mm. Um, yeah, well, it's, um, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I, I'm going to leave you guys with that. 
we're we're leaving 2020 behind us now and hopefully moving into a nice positive 2021 and kind of coming out of that that lull of our well-being and, and pushing on being a little bit more positive so uh yeah thanks everyone for listening thank you Anne again Thank you. and uh keep yourselves well talk to you on the next one bye bye